Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. As Christians, we fall into the same trap that, what am I talking about? The trap that the world has and and the trap that the world just continues living in. Christians can do the same thing unless they're biblically minded. And that's what we're about tonight. However, we must interact and treat others properly as it is written in the Bible. I cannot emphasize and say enough about that. You know, you can be around people that are great people, and they may know a lot. They may be really wise and smart in the ways of the world. But you know, when it comes to obeying, you need to obey the Scriptures because it is the truth. You know, we live in a time where they're saying there is no truth. You know, truth is just where you find it. No, truth is found in this book and not everywhere else. And that's the truth that we live by. There is ultimate truth. It's not situation truth. Amen? So the Bible is to Christians uh, to take it and live by it and um, everyday living for every situation. God's got that's something that you can take and you can stand on and you can live the way it tells you and you're going to get desired results. Now, I'm not here to tell you that in every situation, in relationships, that everything is going to turn out perfect because we know that people, you know, people have a mind of their own, but I'm talking about as far as we're concerned, we do the right thing and it's up to them what they do on their end. You see what I'm saying? Everything's not going to be perfect because we're Christians and we need to understand that and I'm not trying to convey that. Amen. Okay, Titus 2.10 in the Amplified. Not stealing things regardless of value. Boy, now what about that? That's not my subject, but it's good. But proving themselves trustworthy, now listen to this, so that in every respect they will adorn and do credit to the teaching of God our Savior. We are to adorn the gospel. We are to adorn the principles of the gospel. Now, what does that mean? It means to decorate. It means orderly arrangement. It means beautify and dress up when it comes to the gospel. So if we're living like everyone else, we're not dressing up the gospel. We're not presenting the truths of the gospel to people that we relate to in a right way. If we just do it the way that everyone else does, then, um, we're doing hurt and damage, and that's the opposite of to adorn and to dress up and to beautify. We hurt and damage the cause of Christ. When we live and conduct our lives in the same way that everybody else in the world, see, we should stand out because we do things differently. We handle things differently. You know, when the Bible says to love your enemy, that is doing something that is radical, and that's dressing up and adorning the God gospel because we obey that rather than hating those that are our, our enemies. Amen? So that's really important for us to know that in every respect, they will adorn and do credit to the teaching of God our Savior. And as it relates 
to how we get along with others and taking the guidelines from the scripture and living that out, then we're dressing up the gospel. We're dressing up the word of God. And then if you do the opposite, again, you're doing hurt and damage. Are you or have you been difficult to get along with? Everybody lift up your hand right now. No, don't do it. Because we've all been difficult and hard to get along with at times. But as we walk with the Lord, hopefully more and more that is going to be minimized in our life. Wouldn't you think so? I mean, I have to say, and probably Eddie would say a big amen, that where I am today is not where I started out when we got married. You know, two people, yeah, I told you. Two people starting out in marriage, okay? What do you have to do? You have to learn how to get along with your spouse. Is that correct? You have to learn how to get along. That doesn't just come easily either. You know, the Bible says that you become one, but I'm telling you that becoming uh, one process many times is not easy, is it? Well, and you take that in other relationships too, the people that you work with, for instance. You know, people can rub you absolutely the wrong way. Have you ever noticed that? And I mean, you know, you get to the point where I can't take it anymore. Well, you need to take a break. You know, that's for sure. You don't need to say and do things that are going to um, permanently damage a relationship. You don't want to do that. And you have, if you have to work with somebody every day, you need to know how to get along with them. Amen? So, but if you, are you or have you been difficult to get along with? Now, listen to this. Touchy. Are you touchy? What do I mean by touchy? You know, you, you hear about people that have a chip on their so shoulders. They're touchy. One little thing, you say the, something the wrong way, or you don't even know when you say something that pushes a button. You understand what I'm saying? They're touchy. And you have to walk around on tippy toes all the time because you think you're going to offend them. That's a terrible way to live. Don't you be a, that kind of person. Don't be that way. You know, if you've had things, hurts and wounds, and it's caused you to uh, possibly be a person that's giving, given to that touchiness, you need to do something about it. And you need to make a decision. We're, we're talking about how to get along tonight. You need to make a decision that you're not going to continue to do that. You're not going to continue to live that way. But you're going to be a person that can overlook a suffered wrong. You're, you know, when you get into 1 Corinthians 13, if you read all about that, one of the things, I think it's in the Amplified, it says love is not touchy. And some people live that way, but we need to make a decision. We're not living that way, and if we've been that way, that's going to change in our life. Will it come easy, and will it maybe happen automatically? I'm not going to say that it couldn't, but most of the time things like that are going to change because you work on changing them. You change habits. You change uh, the habits that you've lived by for years. You've changed habits that maybe you grew up in a home and that's the way it was. You have to on purpose change things. So, we, you know, we don't want to be touchy. And hard to get along with. And then this word, unfriendly. Are you or have you been difficult to get along with because you're unfriendly? 
Now, I, I believe this. Now, this, this is the way I am. I believe that a Christian and people that attend the same church, there's no way that you should be unfriendly one to another or people, guests that are coming into this house. There's no way that you should be unfriendly. So then you take that. When you go to work, you shouldn't be unfriendly. When you're in your family, you shouldn't be unfriendly. You know what I'm saying? You remember... Um, uh, Andy Griffith's show and, you know, the couple that would fight each other and throw things at each other and Andy intervened and he tried to tell, good morning, dear. Good morning, honey. You remember that? <laughs> so if, if you're given to be unfriendly, even to your spouse, sometimes Eddie and I'll do that to each other. We'll get up in the morning. He'll say, good morning, dear. Good morning, honey. <laughs> And we understand. We're sleepy. You know, we, we're tired. But we're going to be friendly to one another. So we need to be friendly in the house of God. We need to be friendly wherever we go. If you want friends, what do you have to do? You have to show yourself friendly. Over the years, I've heard it over and over, people trying to not, where they're coming into the church and um, they say, I just can't fit in. I just can't, can't find a place to get in. And Show yourself friendly. You know, one of the things over the years that I've taught a lot about is hospitality. And we as Christians should be hospitable one to another. And, and you know, if you've got people that you have friendship with, you know, what do you do? You invite them into your home. They invite you into to their home. And you have fellowship one with another. You share a meal, uh, you know, dessert, coffee, whatever you do. And you, you fellowship and you talk and you get to know one another. But see, I found in our society in this day, people have stopped doing that so much. And I think the body of Christ suffers from it. And you know, and something you need to learn too, if someone, a friend of yours, invites you into their home, then you need to reciprocate. You need to do the same thing. But so many people, they don't see that, they don't understand that, and that's a problem. Any friend that you have, you know, if you're having to do all the reaching, at some point, somebody's going to stop reaching. Now, that's a good nugget right there, whether you thought so or not. It is. You need, you know, if somebody is trying to reach out to you, then you reach out to them too. If you want friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And so maybe, you know, maybe there is a checkpoint for us. If we want friends then work on being friendly and reaching out to other people. Now, one thing I've always realized, because you reach out to somebody doesn't mean that they might reach back to you. And I just, you know, I kind of do like David. If they don't accept or receive me, I just kind of turn and go to the next one, you know, that God would have in my life. And so you can't, you know, can't live in rejection and you can't get offended and all that. If it just didn't work, it just didn't work. And it's okay, you know, uh, because if you think about the body of Christ, the body is, you know, there's different parts of the body that are connected in different places. You know, you got the arm, it's in a separate location 
than the leg or the foot. You know, understand what I'm saying? And so in the body of Christ, that's kind of how, you know, you, could, you, you fit in in certain places with certain people and then you might not with others. But it, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be isolated and separated. Be a friendly person. And if you want to uh, friends, you have to show yourself to be a friend and be friendly. Everybody loves to be around someone who is friendly. I say everyone. Some, you know, grumps don't, but you're not a grump, are you? Okay, and then so don't be touchy, unfriendly, and complaining. If it, you, you know, maybe you don't know why you don't have friends, and if you go around complaining all the time, you're repelling people. Oh my gosh, here they come again, and they're going to complain about everything in the world. Now, if you have a true friend, you, you can let your hair down and you can talk about things. Now, that's a given, okay? But nobody, friend or not, wants to hear somebody complain all the time. And complaining, listen to me, is a habit. Complaining is a habit. How do I know that? Because I've done it before. Complain, get down in the dumps, complain, complain. And then the next thing you know, every situation and every person, there's no reason for it, but you'll complain. You've got to break that habit and you've got to zip it. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to zip it. How many times I want to say something, how many times I want to do something, but I have to zip it. Used to, I didn't zip it. I let it flow. <laughs> And that's not good. That gets you into a lot of trouble. You don't want to do that. Well, I just say whatever I think. Well, you're going to have a mess of trouble. That's all I know. And then, so if you're difficult to be along with, you can get along with, you can be touchy, unfriendly, complaining, angry. It's hard to be around a person that's angry all the time. You know that when you don't know what's going to set them off again, you know? And then also self-centered. Self-centered people, everything gravitates around them. Self-centered. Everything is about me, me, me. You can be hearing somebody tell you uh, the saddest story of, of, you know, some difficulties that they're going through and you turn it around and make it about you. You don't need to do that. Don't be self-centered. Be interested in other people. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And then here's this word, grumpy. That's a good word, grumpy. Don't be grumpy. I'm not going to get into that because I'm going to touch on it a little bit later. So there is good news, though. You can change all of that if it's a part of your life. Any of it is a part of your life. You can change it. And how do you change it? You change it through renewing your mind to the Word of God. Because there are things that have been instilled in us over a lot of years. Like I said, it can be things that came through us and how we were raised you know, what we were around, friends that we had, teachers that we have. I mean, it can just go on and on. A church that you've been in where, you know, people were a certain way. I was talking about the strife and all of that. And so the only way to get that out of you effectively is to change your mind. 
change the way you think about things. Get your mind renewed. What is renewed? If you look up that word in Romans 2, uh, uh, renew, uh, about renewing your mind, it really means to update your thinking. You know, it's like a, a computer that, you know, your, your computer has to be updated and your phone has to be updated, you know, when things change. Well, you need to update your thinking and go from how you've been, if it's contrary to the scripture, to thinking about that person, about that situation, about how you act. You need to think in line with the Word of God. Now listen to this in Ephesians 4.24. It says, put on the new nature. Put on the new nature. Now, if you are going to come to church, you're going to go to your closet, and you're going to put on clothing that you want to wear to church. That means you take it and you put it on yourself. Well, that's what you have to do uh, with the Word of God and the nature of Jesus Christ. You have to put it on. You have to say yes to it. You have to accept it. It has to uh, be an invitation uh, in other words, that you are given and you have to receive it, you have to accept it, and you have to put on a new nature, which means when you have to put on a new nature, you have to throw off old clothes. You have to throw off those dirty garments of the works of the flesh. You have to take it off, and then you have to receive and accept the new nature. Put on the new nature. See, Jesus is your new nature. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's your new nature. The flesh will not embrace that, but the spirit and the mind need to embrace the things that God has given us to defeat that flesh and defeat the enemy coming in to plant the lies in our mind. Now, verse 23 of Ephesians 4 tells us how that we put on this new nature. Instead, let the, uh, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Have you, have you ever thought about yourself in your attitudes and your attitudes to people, your at attitudes to situations, your attitude at work, your attitude with your family? Have you thought about that? God wants to renew your thoughts and your attitudes. How you see things, you know, people, well, that glass is half empty. Well, somebody else sees it and they say it's half full. An attitude. You gotta, you gotta change your attitude in many cases if you want to successfully learn how to get along with other people. And if you repel people, you need to look it straight in the face and you need to say, maybe that's why the relationships that I have and that my interaction with people are not what it needs to be, and I want to change that. I want to allow this new nature to be in me by allowing the Spirit of God to change my thoughts and my attitudes. You need to change your thinking. When you look at something, if it's looking at it from a wrong viewpoint or looking at it uh, from a position that isn't in line with the Word of God, then you, you need to change your thinking. You need to change your thinking. 
And you're going to change your thinking by what you see and what you hear and what you say. You, you take those thoughts of God, you let them be planted in you, and you begin to speak out contrary. That, you know, if, if you have to go against the way you've thought about it, and it's been in wrong ways. Amen? So, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. But you must learn how you relate to others and desire to make changes. You have to desire. See, if you just float along, you can even hear tonight what we're talking about, and you just say, oh, well, I'm okay. I, you know, I, I've got some friends, and, you know, it's really not that important to me. It should be important to, to you because the people that you come in contact with are people that God loves and cares about, and He wants you to love and care about people too. Not just going through life, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you're um, on a busy street and people are coming and going and passing, and you know, you can pass somebody and their heart is breaking, but nobody cares because they're going and coming, going and coming, going and com coming. But we in the body of Christ need to be people. Now, you don't know what's going on with everybody, but we need to care about people. And when things are going on in people's lives, we need to be people that pay attention to that. Amen? We need to pay attention to it. So you have to desire to make changes in your life, to reach out and minister to other people and be attractive to other people. I'm not talking about, you know, how your, your, your face. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an attractiveness of the spirit that people are attracted to, that, that they see your love, they see your care, they see your concern, they see Jesus and yeah, it, maybe this has happened to you. You know, you live your life, you live it according to the Word of God, you love people, you care about people, and, and uh, you can have family members or acquaintances or people even at work that are around you, and they know you care, and in time of need, they know that you can pray for them, that you will help them however you can, and it will make a difference. They'll be attracted to you. You understand what I'm saying? They'll be attracted to You'll be an attractive person. Amen. Okay, I want us to look here uh, at some scri scriptural directives as far as getting along. Now, I'm not going to take a lot of time on these because I think there's 20 of them. Uh, and so I want us to look at them, though. Uh, it's from the Bible. And the Bible tells us to be kind one to another. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, and we need to be people that are kind, not hateful and contentious. We need to show kindness and thoughtfulness. Amen? Number two, love one another. Love is kind, patient, not in pride, not rude or unmannerly, and love lets things go doesn't hold on to them. It doesn't take an account. You know, write down. Okay, they said that to me. Let's write it down. Some, uh, some people, it's like they have a spiritual journal, and they're just recording all this stuff. You know, well, they said this to me, and they did that to me. You know, that's something, uh, I, I call something like that kitchen sinking. You know, you know, go eat a bowl of cereal, put your bowl in the sink, 
then have a piece of pizza, put your bowl in the sink, then the next day and put your bowl in the sink, put your plate, put your silk, and before you know it, it's overflowing. And then when it starts to overflow is when the blow up comes. That's kitchen sinking. So don't be a person like that, that just you know takes things and takes account of, uh, of things that happen that are probably not good and you wish they didn't. But sometimes people, you know, they can hurt you because they want to, but sometimes people hurt you because they don't know. They didn't understand. They weren't looking at it from a viewpoint that you were. So, you know, you have to think about that. And then uh, directives in getting along from the Bible, we forgive. You just have to release things and you have to forgive people. We'll look at a little bit more of that. And don't be bitter. When you, when you get in unforgiveness, you can turn uh, to bitterness and you can get a root of bitterness, the Bible talks about. And the Bible says that when you get a root of bitterness, it will defile many. And that, uh, let me tell you that what that means. If I get bitter in my life and I spew out that venom from that bitterness, then what it does is it starts affecting the people around me. It says it will affect many not just a few, it will affect many. And so we have to deal with bitterness. We might find ourselves feeling bitterness, but we can't give in to that. Remember, we are renewing our thoughts and our attitudes this, by the Spirit. It's not something, a work of the flesh. It's by the Spirit, and the Spirit will lead you in that. Amen? All right, don't be quick-tempered. All this comes from the Bible. Deal with a violent temper. How many times do we hear about abusive people? You have to deal with it. And maybe they, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Got to change it. Don't yell, but speak softly. That's important to understand that. Don't be abusive or slanderous in speaking. You know, if you start to say something, I don't care if it's right in the middle of it. Stop yourself if it's abusive or slanderous against someone. Don't be spiteful or have ill will toward others. Be tender-hearted and compassionate. I think that's one of the, the biggest things in our world today. There is such a lack of compassion in this world. Jesus had compassion on people. He healed them. He cast the devil out of them. He helped them. He ministered to them. He had compassion, and so we need to follow. We need to follow that. Well, they sh they did it to themselves. I know it happens a lot, doesn't it? People just get themselves into the biggest mess, and they can't blame anybody but themselves. But have compassion anyway. Uh, honor people. Honor people. Don't dishonor them. Be humble. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Pray for people's shortcomings instead of talking about them. I want you to underline that. I want you to put a star. I want you to put an exclamation point. <laughs> well, you get what I'm saying. 
That's so important for us to remember that. You know, it's so easy when somebody has a shortcoming that we can give them down the road. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you're in a work environment and, you know, you are a supervisor, you're somebody in charge, you can't overlook everything. Your employer would not be happy if you, you know, you don't deal with things. But, you know, to point, point things out unnecessarily and, you know, talk about it, make fun of them, Make a big deal out of something instead of minimizing it when you can, okay? All right. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't be jealous or envious. All of these things are, will help you in getting along with people. And see, being jealous and envious, I want you to think about that. Somebody, you know, you were talking about it this morning. You know, somebody else gets a, a new car and you want a new car instead of being happy for it. I make myself be happy for people. When, when good things come their way, I will not allow that. You know, if I feel something trying to rise up in me, I'm going to go out of my way to squash that. I'm not going to allow that in me as much as possible. I'm human like you, but I'm talking about as much as possible. Number 17, recognize people who cause division and avoid them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Well, that's not love. That's the Bible. Rightly divide the Word of God. And if you've got someone uh, that wants to cause division, you better separate yourself from them. And because you'll get right in the middle of a mess with them. Well, that's not the love of God. That is the love of God. The love of God speaks the truth. Speak the truth in love. Not hatefully, not yelling it out, not thumping them with the Bible, but you speak the truth in love. But if you don't heed that, then you'll pay the consequences from it for it. All right? If you are strong, help the weak. There's some people that are just weak, and we need to help them. And then bear one another's burdens. It's not just about old number one. And see, we can be so self-consumed. But that's not God's way. Amen? And then it says rejoice with them or cry with them. All those are scriptural. You can find it in the Bible, and it will help you. I hope that you'll take this and really um, you can study it out further. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about things maybe in your own life that you need to work on. Or He, will, he may encourage you and tell you things that, you know, that, that, are, uh, that are working his word, the attitudes and thoughts are working in you in the right way. And so that will be encouraging to you. Love is the medicine for the sickness of mankind. The Bible has let us see that, realize that, understand that for many years, years, hundreds, thousands of years. The Bible has taught that. But so many people try to go about life, and even Christians try to go about life in their own way and try to figure it out when if you just open this book. I love Psalms. I read in Psalms and Proverbs a lot. Proverbs is full of wisdom, tells you how to interact with people. Psalms keeps you sensitive to the Holy Spirit, 
in the presence of God, communing with God, so important. First Timothy 3.15 out of the Amplified. In case I am delayed so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. There's a way that you are to act when you come to church, and there's a way you should act in life, and it's according. You need to know how to conduct yourself. You know, it's why it's not the first time I've ever said it, but I think it's so important to teach our children. You know, aren't we to teach them and be examples for them? You don't let a child, you know, come in uh, to uh, the facility that God has given us, that all the tithes and offerings, that many years of praying to get what we've got and let them come in and destroy it, put their feet all over things, run through the building, tear up things. You, you don't do that. You shouldn't. We shouldn't. Now, I know that when I start talking about kids that, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm walking on a ground that I have to be real careful with. Yeah, it, it's the truth. It's the, way, it's the way it's always been over many years. But I'm telling you, the uh, Christian people, parents should be raising their children differently than the people in the world. And it's like anymore, it's like, oh, aren't they cute? And they're in a restaurant and they're under the table, they're under your feet and everything. It's like, no, that's not cute. They're, they're cute kids. Yeah, and I know you love them, but people don't like that. And you don't, you, you know, in the house of the Lord or in life, you got to discipline your children. You got to tell them how to act, how to conduct themselves in the house of the Lord. You have to show it. Well, I would never correct my child. I love him too much. That is not what the Bible says. It says if you love your child, you will correct them. Why? Because that's not easy. I didn't say abuse or hurt them. That's not God's way. But you have to correct them. You have to show them the right thing and the right way and the consequences for wrong behavior. You have to talk about those things with your children. And like I said, you can't get in that thing, oh, they're so cute and I love them so much. I know, I know we do with our kids. You, you just love them so much. But you love them and you tell them the right things in the right way. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're talking about how to conduct yourself um, in the house of God and in life, you know, as you go. And um, one of the, the ways to really understand how to conduct or live your life is if you look at Galatians 5, we're not going to turn there right now, but Galatians 5, it talks about the works of the flesh and envy and strife, all those, I mean, it's a whole long list, idolatry, it's a whole long list of the works of the flesh. And then it gets down to the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life and what it produces in your spirit. And it, it tells us there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh my gosh, that's ooey-gooey. Isn't 
that the truth? God just loves us so much. And he said, I want to give you every bit of that. I want to place that in your life instead of being that old grouchy, snarly, uh, you know, unfriendly, grumpy person. I want to give you the fruit and change that nature in you. The fruit of my spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, kindness, all of that. Yeah, that's precious. I want that in me, don't you? Now, I'm not there yet, but he's working on me. Don't you say anything. So, the Spirit produces this kind of faith. Uh, the Spirit produces this kind of fruit. That's if you read in Galatians, that's what it says. The Spirit produces this kind of fruit, love, joy, and on, on and on. Okay, let's look at tips for getting alone. Now, there's several of these, and again, I can already tell I'm not going to get through them. So, but we'll we'll just do as much as we can here tonight. So, the tips for getting alone: there is right and wrong conduct in the church or in life. And the first tip that we want to talk about: as you strive to live for the Lord, learn how to accept yourself. Accept yourself. Learn how to do that. Many times we can't accept ourselves. We don't like this about ourselves. We don't like that. I was, I, you know, I saw this, and you've probably seen it too, the woman who's had so many um, uh, plastic surgeries to try to look like Barbie. Have you ever seen that? That has to be someone that, you know, it's pitiful. I looked at that and, and I mean, you, you, you know, you can make fun or laugh and yeah, I mean, it's really weird. It's weird is what it is. But you, you've got to have someone that so despises themselves. You know, as I, you know, I look at my life, there's things I don't like about me, you know, whatever it might be, and you probably have things like that too. But you know, what we need to do with that is submit that to the Lord. And if it can change, then let it change. And, and, and I shouldn't even say if, because it will change if you give it to Him. Amen. It'll, it'll change even your attitude. So Matthew twenty two thirty nine, 39, and the second is like unto this commandment, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so that is a commandment that we've been given to love our neighbor. Some people just get stuck there because they just have such a problem with loving their neighbor. Who's their neighbor? And the people that are around you, that are in your life, that you come across their path or they come across your path, that's your neighbor and, and we're to love them. But then he goes on to say, and you love them like you love yourself. So I think there's a problem sometimes because we don't like ourselves. Then we project that on other people that dislike. And so we live life disliking everybody and everything and judgmental about this and critical about that. But we need to accept ourselves the way that God made us. Now, I'm not indicating to you that you shouldn't try to make the best of who you are, and you shouldn't try to improve yourself. Yes, you should, but we are just who we are. Allow Him to help us, to work on it, to submit that to Him, and then not be so critical on ourselves that we're focused all on the negative about ourselves. 
because each one of you have very positive things in your life that God can use if you will submit it to him. But if you don't accept yourself, you don't love yourself, you won't love other people either. And that's given, that's where the problem is. Now, so we get down here to uh, under the tip number one in A, love yourself. Now listen to this, in a balanced way. We're not indicating that you should be egocentric, a narcissist. That's not what we're indicating. And so I know many people today, they live that way. You know, everything centers around them, everything. That's not what I'm indicating. I'm talking about balancing life, where you love your neighbor, you accept who you are, you try to improve yourself, and you love yourself because you are a creation of God. He endowed and placed in you and in your life specific things that make you uniquely who you are. Uniquely who you are. And as I look around this room, I, I can just see and I could go by and I could just say, you know, this is so lovely about you. This is so precious about you. This is what God has placed into you. This is what you have to offer. And see, we need to understand that. And so we have a balance in our life. We love other people and we accept and love ourselves. Amen? You need to forgive yourself. I did this and I can never forgive myself. You did that and you need to go to the Lord. You need to repent. You need to talk to Him about it. You need to release it to Him and you need to let it go. You need to let the blood cleanse you. If it's a sin or it can be a hurt or a wound or whatever, you need to submit it to him and you need to forgive yourself. And then C, you need to release yourself from past wrongdoings. That's why, you know, Paul said, I stretch and I reach forward and I let go of the past. You have to let go of things. And you can't go forward. Now listen to me. You can't go forward and reach out to receive what God has before you if you're hanging on to what's behind you. You're going to stay connected to what's wrong, to your past. So you have to say, that's the old man that's under the blood. And I'm going to tell you, there's lots of things in life that will have consequences that we do, that we commit, and they have consequences. And other people will remember them. They're going to throw them up to us, but God doesn't. And so what we have to do is we have to allow the Spirit to renew our thoughts and attitudes as it relates to our past. Release that that's in the past once you deal with it and then stretch out to receive what is before you because God has some wonderful things for your future. Wonderful things for your future. And many things for us to walk in them. You see, you can say, well, I'm going to accomplish this by myself. And the truth of the matter is, most of us are not going to accomplish anything by ourselves. We need the people that God has connected to us to help us get to wherever. Now, some people can stand in your way 
and try to block it, but they, they can't successfully do that forever. They might block for a little while, but then God has people to connect you into that will help you go forward and reach out into your future. But it's going to require you relating right to other people and getting along with other people. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.